Open your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. We'll be in chapter 5 today. Chapter 5. We're almost done with this epistle. I think we maybe have a couple more lessons left. But we're getting to the near the end of this wonderful little epistle written to God's suffering saints who are going through various trials and tribulations and who are being tried for their faith and also going just through normal situations in life. And Peter brings before them the suffering of Christ as opposed to their own suffering as well. And let's start, though, in verse 1, and we'll read to verse 7. We, we've already studied verses 1 to 4, but today we'll be looking at verses 5 to 7. It says, The elders which are among you, I exhort, who also am an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. <coughs> Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy liquor, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourself unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now, last week we looked at verses 1 to 4, and we were studying Paul's exhortation to the elders of the church, and this is the preachers. And Paul, after giving general exhortations in the previous chapters to all believers who are suffering for the cause of Christ, he now in chapter 5, in the first four verses, exhorts the elders or the preacher of the church, preachers of the church to, to, um, to, to not be taken away and not to, not by, by money or, or, or gain, but to, but not, and not the Lord over God's sheep at all but to, to lead in the midst of them. And again, this is not those who are older in age, but those who preach and proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we noticed again how Peter didn't lord over the elders. He brought himself right down to their level. He said, look in verse 1, the elders which are among you who also am an elder. I, who, I exhort who also am an elder. So he doesn't lord himself over them. He puts them on himself on the same level as them. And this is the apostle. This is the apostle Peter. We have no pope. We have no pope. We have a chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, in him alone. In him alone. And so this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Notice here, in what Peter writes here, this is a work of the Holy Spirit because what great humility he shows when he says this. He says this. And again, this is the Apostle Peter. He could have, you know, he had authority in the church, but he didn't exercise it. What great humility is shown here. And again, that's the work of the Holy Spirit of God because by nature, what are we? We're real proud. We're real proud. We are, by nature. But the work... 
of the Holy Spirit, he works in us humility, doesn't he? He works in, and he doesn't lord over his fellow elders. He comes beside them. And we see that in verse 1. In verse 2, we looked at Peter's charge to the elders and how we are to feed the sheep of God. This is done by preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit takes the words of the preachers and he comforts God's people with those words. And every preacher is amazed at that. We are amazed at that. It's incredible. Pastor Scott Richardson made a profound statement about preaching one time. He said, preaching is getting a message from God's heart to my heart and delivering it to your heart. Anything else is just filling in time. Boy, there's so much truth to that statement. I'll read it again. Preaching is getting the message from God's heart to my heart and delivering it to your heart. Anything else is just filling in time. Just fill, It's just a waste of time. Absolute waste of time. And the Lord promised to give his church pastors after his own heart who should feed his people with knowledge and understanding. And he commands, pe- he commands his preachers over in Isaiah, speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. <laughs> And cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ brings great comfort to God's people. Great comfort. And we looked at how preachers do not preach for gain or fame. They do not lord over the sheep of God. They lead as an under-shepherd. In the church of God, the elect are God's heritage. God's heritage and the preacher is a sheep of God just as those he preaches to and he's privileged to preach the gospel to them and last we looked at how the Lord Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd and he alone is our reward and what a glorious time that will be when we get to see him face to face and he is coming back beloved he is coming back We do not know the hour or the day, but he has promised that he is coming back. And think of this, you who are the sheep of God. He will come back when he returns again. Or, you know, he comes for us at our death, doesn't he? (laughs) Wow, he does. Oh man, we see him face to face, won't we? We'll see him face to face, beloved. He's coming back. And all believers look forward to this. So let's consider verses 5 to 7. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto elder, unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, unto the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now, now here in verse 5, when I was studying this out, I found two interpretations of this verse, one from preachers of old, and one for more modern preachers. So let's read the verse, and I'll give you the interpretation of the older preachers first, like John Gill and John Brown and John Calvin, and others who bring forth that this verse is speaking not of younger church members, but of all church members in contrast to the elders. So let's study this out first. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourself unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Now John Gill brings forth here, Likewise, ye younger, not in office as if inferior officers to bishops who were here intended, who ought to 
be subject to them, for elders and pastors are the same with them. Nor is there any office but that of deacons, nor younger pastors and overseers, not younger brethren in the ministry or such, as the only younger in years who ought to rise up and do in honor hoary hairs. This may be done where in subjection is not required, as here nor such as are young in grace and experience, since there are little children, young men, and fathers in the church. But he says this, but all members of the church in common are here intended, as distinguished from their officers as pastors and overseers were. Now, when we fall that vein of thinking, we see that this verse ties right into what's being brought forth, as Peter has already exhorted the elders of the church not to lord over the flock of God not the Lord over the flock of God, but to feed them, not to worry about making money because God will take care of them, but they are to preach the gospel to all the sheep. They are to feed the sheep of God. And Peter here exhorts the believers in the church to whom the elders preach to, to submit themselves to the elder of the churches because he has oversight over them. This same thought is brought out over in Hebrews chapter 13. Turn, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 13. So God sovereignly, by his decree and by his, his power, places preachers where he wants to place them. And Peter here is exhorting the believers to submit to those preachers. And look at over here in, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. And so then think of this, though, in the contrast to the, the elder. He's not to lord over the sheep. You see, so that's the that's the exhortation to the to the, the pastor, not to lord over the sheep, who the Lord has put them over. Look at this in Hebrews thirteen seventeen though. Obey them that have rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, that they must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. I, as your pastor, pray for you all. Because I, I love you and the Lord's brought me here and I, I'm, I'm to preach and I'm to pray for all of you. And I care for you. And Jim feels the same way. Whenever a preacher is anywhere, and, and trust me, Jim's relationship with you all has, hasn't ended since he left. He still loves and cares for you all. But now he's at another flock that, he has to, that, he, that he's been placed in and over. My love for the people that I, that I preach to in Oregon hasn't stopped. I actually got to see a few of them when I was out there, and we had sweet, wonderful fellowship together again. But I'm here now, and I'm called the pastor here, just as Jim's called the pastor down at 13th Street. And so, but, but don't ever think that, that, that the affection that a preacher has for the sheep that God puts them over ever leaves. It never does. It never does. So in verse 17 here in Hebrews, it says, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, and that, for that is unprofitable for you. How's this done? How is, how is it, this submission done that even Peter writes about? Likewise, you younger, submit yourself unto the elder. Gil brings this forth, and I thought this was absolutely wonderful. He says, by attending constantly on the word. Coming and hearing the word of God preached. Coming and hearing the word of God preached. And receiving it. So far as it agrees with the scriptures. 
So if, if a preacher ever says anything wrong that's contrary to scriptures, you don't, oh, I don't believe that, I'm not going to. But if, but if we're preaching the gospel, we're faithfully proclaiming the word of God, attend to the hearing. Attend to the hearing. That's what's most important. We are all here for the furtherance of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the, and, that, and that's how it is. So by coming and hearing the word of God preached and proclaimed, Gil brings forth by joining with them in the ordinance of the churches. So for us, by having the Lord's Supper and the administration of them, also by taking their counsel and advice regarding and hearkening to their admir admirations and reproofs. Now, some of the more modern preachers, Henry Mayhem brings forth that, that these are the younger in the faith as well as in the age. Now, the interesting part, though, I found with both of these interpretations was this. And I, I thought this was absolutely wonderful. Both brings forth that the believer is to give due respect to spiritual leaders and to follow their teaching and counsel as it is true to the scriptures. That's what they both said. That's what they both said. And so Peter then brings forth that we, and look, now look at what he, look what he brings forth, and if we think of it as the body in general too, likewise ye younger submit yourselves unto the elder. <coughs> yea, all of you be subject one to another. That's the whole body. We are subject one to another, beloved. And look at this. And be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility. Do you put others before yourself in the body of Christ? Be clothed with humility, beloved. Esteem others better than yourself. That's hard for us to do, isn't it? Because the natural thing for us is we are proud creatures. We really are. But humble yourself. Be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Look over in Acts chapter 20. Paul brings forth this, um, just like Peter does. Over in Acts chapter 20, when Paul's addressing the elders at the church of Ephesus. Look what he says here in verse 19. Acts chapter 20, verses 19 and 21. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with tear, with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you but have showed you and have taught you publicly from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 19 though. Serving the Lord with what? All humility of mind. Being humble. Esteeming others better than yourself. Let's go back to Peter again and read that in light of all that. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourself unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Now Paul and Peter both were very conscious of their own weakness and insufficiency. In, in their service to the Lord. And, and we notice there, Paul in no way elated himself, did he? In no way. He, elated, he did not elate himself over there in Acts 20. And he's talking to the elders of the church of Ephesus. And, and he didn't talk about his gifts that God gave him or even the gifts that God gave them. All the glory and all the success of his ministry, he looked to Christ and Christ alone. He did not boast about what he's done. He did not boast about what he's done at all. And he ascribes all his success and his power and his grace to the Spirit of God. And all the gifts that we have that are used in the church all come from God. 
We don't have any room to boast in them. All the gifts that we have in our, in our normal life, too, the things that we can do, the abilities that we have. Some of you can do things I can't do, and I can do some things that you all can't do. And, and, the, and those things are, are gifts from God. I believe that, too. Even in our vocation, the things that we do, the things that we're able to do are all gifts. Everything comes from the Lord. Everything. Everything. And we give him all the glory. We don't boast in those things. We don't boast in those things at all. We're to be humble, knowing that it is the Lord who has given us all these things. Because God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. And Paul, he treats no man with contempt and disdain. He does not lord over the church. And we saw that in Acts 20 right there. With all humility. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and with many tears and temptations which befell me by lying in way to the Jews. He doesn't, seek, he doesn't seek richness. He doesn't seek dominion over the men. He just doesn't say, well, I'm going to exercise my authority here and, and just hammer y'all. He doesn't do that at all. No. He serves the Lord with humility. With humility. This is how we are. This is how we are to serve the Lord, even in the body here that we're in. We, we serve the Lord with humility. Why? Because we're here for the furtherance of the gospel. We're here for the furtherance of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let us not forget that we as the body of Christ are a family. And families get along when, when we exercise humility one with another, don't we? That's when we, get, when we don't get along, we, we get a little proud and we start to... <laughs> and that's in everyone's family too, isn't it? It happens. It happens. But when we're humble with each other, when we, we get along, we walk in peace... So believers are to maintain the unity of the Spirit, the bond of peace. And, and let's read the latter part of this verse now. And be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and giveth grace to the humble. I'd like you to turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34, where the scriptures proclaim very clearly that God gives grace to the lowly. And think of what we just read there. I'll read it again. And be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Giveth grace to the humble. Look at this in Proverbs 3.34. Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto who? The lowly. <laughs> the lowly. And that's those who are lowly in, in, in spirit. We're bankrupt sinners, aren't we? When we're bought to Christ, he shows us that we're absolutely bankrupt. He humbles us. Brother Scott used to say, I love this, when the gospel is preached, it's stripping grace. It just strips you down to nothing, and it does. But what does, the, what does the preaching of the gospel do? It builds you right back up in Christ. Because it's all about him, beloved. It's not about us. It's not about us. So be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Again, by nature, we're all proud creatures. We are. We're, we, we're, we're full of proud. I remember, I think it was Donnie Bell was preaching one time. I was listening to a message to him, and he says, there's enough pride in me to burn this whole building down. <laughs> well, that's true for all of us, isn't it? <laughs> it's so true, beloved. We are so proud. We are so proud. Oh, my and this is our natural state. We resist God, but the person who fights against God is truly a fool because the scriptures proclaim, woe unto him that striveth with his maker. Think of that in light of this verse. And be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Think upon this. If God Almighty should so 
lift as much of a finger of his wrath against you or me, it would instantly crush us. It would instantly crush us. By nature, in our lost conditions, we shake our fist at God. We defy his infinite holiness and his infinite justice, and, and we defy his wrath in our natural state, in our lost condition. But note the last part of this verse. We have the mercy of God on full display here. And be clothed with humility. And we know that humility there, that, that only comes from the Holy Spirit too. We can't muster that up. He works in us humility. For God resisteth the proud though and giveth grace to the humble. Look at that. Giveth grace to the humble. The same God who resists the proud gives grace to the humble. The same God who resists the proud gives grace to the humble. And if God resists one, they are damned forever. They are damned forever. But if one receives grace, they are blessed forever. Blessed forever. How can a proud rebel's heart hard-hearted heart, a lost child of Adam, how can we ever hope for grace? Well, God must do something for us. He must do something for us. He must be born again. You must be born again. You must be granted faith and repentance to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is all the work of God. Because notice that, and he gives grace to the humble. He gives it, beloved. It's from his hand. The same one that hand that resists the proud gives grace to the humble. And if you're a receiver of that, it should fill us with humility, shouldn't it? Because we know we didn't deserve it. It should bring us like it should it should slay pride in us, shouldn't it? <laughs> when we think about that. Oh my. And verse 6 ties right in with this thought. He continues, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So let us ponder this, that God gives grace to the humble. And we are here called to humble ourselves before him, that we might obtain his grace. And we know that no one will be humbled before God until they've been humbled by God. No one will humble themselves before God until they've been humbled by God. And that's what happens. Think upon this. Think upon what this would mean to the suffering saints that Peter's writing to. He's telling them to humble themselves under the mighty hand of God, to submit themselves to his providence in their lives, to bow to his sovereignty and to and to bear every affliction which they're going through. And these saints are suffering. And Paul, Peter's here telling them to humble yourself under God's mighty hand. And let us not forget this, that the Lord's people, no matter what you go through, you are always in the hand of the Lord. Always. You are always in his hand. Through good times and through bad. 
through times of good health and through times of failing health. We who are the sheep of God are kept by the power of God. And therefore we humble ourselves, don't we, before our great God, knowing this truth, knowing that we're in his hands. It makes it easy for us to submit to him, doesn't it? It does. We labor for the Lord, not for recognition or praise. We do these things because we love the Lord. And again, we seek the furtherance of his gospel. Beloved, sooner or later, the truly humble and gracious will be exalted by God. You know when? When we see him face to face. When we see him face to face. My, what a day that'll be. Turn, if you would, to Matthew 23 and look at this. Look at this about... And, and what, a, what a death blow these two verses we'll look at is for, for those who think themselves proud of what they do in, in, in the church or what they do and all these things. Do you know that we are to be humble servants? with God's people. Matthew 23, verses 11 and 12. But he that is greatest among you shall what? Shall be your servant. What was the Lord? He put himself, he, he washed the feet of the apostles. He spoke the world into existence. Oh my. And again, we don't labor for the Lord for reward, do we? We're we're not going to play with those foolish things that religion plays with because Christ is our reward. Christ is our reward. We labor knowing the wonderful things that Christ has done for us. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be what? Abased. That's what's going to happen to the proud. They're going to be bought low. Really low. They'll be abased. And he that humble himself shall be what? Exalted. Exalted. That's exactly what Peter's been writing to us about over there in, in chapter 5. And now he's writing to them suffering saints. The same thought that Christ brings forth here. Let's go back to our text and we'll consider verse 7. I want to spend a little more time on verse 7. I think we've got another 10 minutes. So, But look at this in verse 7. <clears throat> and I want us to consider this verse. Look at this. Casting all your care upon him, that's Christ, for he careth for you. Now remember what they're going through. Peter's writing to suffering saints. And again, this is a general epistle, so it's, it's applicable to all the church age, even to us today, right? Casting all your care upon who? Christ. Why? Because he cares for you. Let those words sink in. What comfort and confidence this verse brings forth for the blood-bought child of God? This verse... Brings forth before Peter, Peter, those who Peter are writing to, the suffering saints, they've been ostracized by, for their faith by friends and family and co-workers and, and some are suffering the loss of everything, their livelihood and everything. Some are losing probably their homes. Some are losing their lives. We know that was happening for the cause of Christ. And think of what comfort this would bring them. And I want you to... You and I, as the blood-bought saints of God today, to, to, to let this sink in. Think of what comfort this would bring to them. 
and it should bring to we who are his people, that the almighty sovereign God of the universe, the one who controls all things, the one who watches over all things, Peter here, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes that he cares for you. That he cares for you, who are his blood-bought people. Just let that sink in. The almighty, sovereign God of the universe cares for every one of his sheep. Cares for them. Now I want you to think about this for a moment. I want you to think about the people that you care about the most. I want you to think about how much you love them and how much you cherish them, whether they, whether they are still alive or whether they've passed. I want you to think about how much you loved and cherished them and how blessed you were to have them in your life, either if they're in your life now or if they were in your life at one time. And I want you to think about the amount, how much you loved them and how much you cherished them and how much you cared for them. And it does not even appear as a blip on a radar screen compared to how much God loves and cares for you who are his people. Casting all your care upon him for he, Christ, God, careth for you. And he careth so much for you that he went to the cross of Calvary and died in your place. God incarnate himself. We are to cast all our care upon him. Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Do you have concerns that you've spoken to no one about? Cast all your care upon him for he careth for you. Do you have worries? Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Do you have fears? Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Are you sometimes anxious? Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Are you struggling with sin in your life? We all do, don't we? Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Are you struggling with someone at work? Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Are you feeling stressed out about life, just life in general? Circumstances that occur? Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Do you have cares which you're carrying around inside that are burdening you very, very heavy and again, no one knows about them? Cast all your care upon him for he careth for you. Are you enduring a fiery trial at this time in your life like the saints were that Peter was writing to? Cast all your care upon him for he careth for you.
Are you dealing with health or financial issues at this time? Cast all your care upon him. For he careth for you. See, it covers everything, doesn't it? Anything that can happen in our lives. Anything. Nothing is too small to carry to our great God. Nothing. Cast all your care upon him. For he careth for you. God moves in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never failing skill. He treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and will break in blessings on your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behold, the, behind the frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. So let us ponder this, that the Lord did not start caring for you who are his blood-bought people when you were born again. No, he's cared for you and loved you from eternity, beloved. From eternity. Our great substitute loves us so much that he came to redeem us from all our sins, all according to the plan and purpose of God. Therefore, knowing this great love that God has for us, we are to cast all our cares, all our worries, our anxieties, our concerns, our fears, we're to cast them all upon Christ. And this is something, beloved, we continuously do, isn't it? We do. We continuously do it. But he cares for you, beloved. The scripture declares that God himself, Almighty, cares for his sheep. Cares. And that's just, that's not all, just all the sheep. That's every single one of his sheep, beloved. Every single one. I lay down my life for the what? Sheep. That's every one of them that God gave him. Every single one that God gave him. Turn, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 13, and we're closed with this text here. He cares for you. He's loved you with an everlasting love. He's loved you from the beginning. And being the chief and good shepherd, he cares for you. He's ever watchful over you. He gives his angels charge over you. Look at this in Hebrews chapter 13, though, verses 5 and 6. Let your conversation be without covetous and be content with such things as ye have. Hebrews 13, 5. For he has said, I will never, that word never there in the Greek is in the triple negative. Never, not ever, never. It's incredible. Leave thee, nor forsake thee. Look at this. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. The Lord is my helper. Therefore cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for this wonderful time we've had together. We pray that we would take these verses and oh lord that you would just let them sink deep into the soul of your people the fact that you care for your people 
the fact that you are ever watchful over us and that you love us with an everlasting, unchanging love. It will never change your love for your people. We glorify thee and praise thee and thank thee for redeeming us, for saving us from our sins. And we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.